Proverbs chapter 22, train up a child. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 15, and that from a child. And then 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 15, study to show thyself approved. These three verses bring us to the footprint of our Wednesday night. Hi, I'm Pastor Gray, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. Wednesday night is our training hour. This is when we set aside an hour and 15 minutes to train. This program on Wednesday night is something that I would like for you to be a part of in its totality, but hey, tonight you get to go into the auditorium as I teach our adults and train them in the things of our Lord Jesus Christ. Enjoy the service. God bless you. Go to Genesis chapter 1. We finished um, last week in 2 Corinthians. I want to start a, uh, this, the next lessons on family dynamics, if I can. And now we're going to talk about the emotions, if you will, or understanding and aiding each of the players in the home. Uh, so you have a mom and a, a father, a mother, you have children, and then we'll expand from there. Everybody in the home has a role that they are playing. A successful spiritual home is not the responsibility of one person. It is the responsibility of everyone. There are two sides of this coin, and I put it in the title there, understanding and aiding the father in the home. This, this, this one lesson um, is, is, is for me, some parts of it are very hard to live um, simply because once I started grasping this, I, I very quickly understand that I know how I want to be the father in the home. I know how I want to be this in the home. And, and, and when you look at the dynamics here and you think to yourself, well, you know, I, um, I'm living by myself. I, I do not have, I, this is not my stage of life but you are somebody that you can give advice. And there are a lot of things that you'll hear in church that may not fall in your purview, but I'll tell you what they will do. They are a tool that God's going to let somebody cross your path that you're going to say, oh, let, let me tell you something that that pastor just spoke on or, or here's the word or forget pastor, just say, let me, let me show you something from the word. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And verse number 26. So before we kind of look at this, and, and everyone can be involved in the lesson tonight, um, because again, everyone is... Does this sound okay out there? Are you all okay out there? I feel very comfortable up here. Great job, guys. And uh, go back to sleep. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 26. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask for your help here. I ask for your understanding and God, may all of us strengthen our homes on this very night. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Genesis one twenty six. and God said, Let us make man in our image and after, I mean, after our likeness. And let them, would you please take note of them, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. And then it says this, male and female created he them. 
So when, when you're looking at this and we're understanding and aiding the father in the home, then all of a sudden we must understand that when God made man, if you go to the very first verse in Genesis 1-1, and we know this, in the beginning, what please? God. In the Hebrew, that's Elohim, El, which is plural, Him, gods. So this is plurality of God. So we know this, though. It's something that we, we, we believe in the Trinity. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, it doesn't mean that these are the lesser. It just means that each of the Godhead had a role. You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times people think, well, well God the Holy Spirit is the lesser of the Godhead. No, they're all equal. All of them are equal. And when somebody says, I have figured out the Trinity, impossible. Uh, it's impossible. Some people, well, it's like an egg. I don't care how you try to describe it. You just, you may, by the time you understand it, it kind of slips away from you and it's like, okay. So, so when God made man, then the Trinity was present. So if it says here, then let us make man in our what please image. Go back to Genesis 1.26. After our what please likeness. So when God made man, then we must understand if the Trinity is present, then inside man, and let me help you understand your, your husband and the father, and even the ladies are made like this, but they have a different part of them that I will talk about next week. But for the next 32 minutes, let's, let's discuss the fact of how do we get the most out of the father in the home? How do we get the most out of the husband in the, in the home? How, how do we aid and understand? Well, we've got to go back and see how was he made. He was made in the likeness. So when you're made in the likeness of God, then I help men understand this, that you were made with the Trinity in mind. If you're taking notes, write this down. You have God the Father. That's justice. That's the justice part of a man in the home. You have God the Son. That's the redemption part of God in the home. Now, this is what's going through a man. And then you have God the Holy Spirit. That's the guide. That's the teacher. So in every man, there are these three intersecting likenesses of God. This is why a husband can go absolutely berserk. Okay? Absolutely just, just, guys, have you, and don't answer out loud, but have you ever wondered why it's, it's like an instant wrath? And you're sitting there going, what is going on? And it's the littlest of things. You let a husband be gone all day and come home, and it's like, what is going on with you? Would you calm down? Let me give you a little hint. Don't say that to him. Just hand him a hamburger. And uh, so, so, so because this is that part of a husband, because God's wrath is stored up against a day. Dispensationally, we are now where God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But there is coming a day. Never, do not mistake this. There is coming a day when God's wrath will be poured out, and it is very much going to be poured out to the point that this earth is going to be burned up with fire. Listen, God's wrath is coming, but it's not now. This, this is why he said, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And sometimes men think, well, let me pull back and let me get a little bit louder and let me get a little bit more forceful and I can fix that. That's my issue. Y'all do not understand. These hands 
no not construction. <laughs> and everybody knows if something doesn't work, put more force to it. Rear back in, shove it in there. Stand on top of the torquing on the... No, st stand on it. It'll, it'll go. I, I'm, John and Jay, I'm like y'all. I am all about demolition. Yes, because I can take anything down. Dynamite takes anything down. So, so understand that, that part of a husband is this wrath, but many people sit back and go, who's this maniac in our home, and where's this guy coming from? God makes him this way. Now, God doesn't give him a license to use it in a God-forbidden way. So, guys, you can't go, God made me this way. You can't cop out to that, okay? So understand, then there's God the Son. Then he turns right around. Now he wants to redeem. So after he's shouted, after he's thrown it, after he's acted like an idiot, then he is always coming back going, I'm sorry. I, I you know, come on. Can, 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 would you... I'm sorry. Why? Because it's in us to want to redeem. We want to fix <laughs> that which we have broken. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we want to, we, we got to get this fixed. Most men are like, I'm tired of saying I'm sorry in the family. Why am I always the one to say I'm sorry? You know what my answer is? Because you're always the one to blow it. Now, men don't like to hear that. I'm getting ready to go preach a meeting, a men's meeting in Alabama next month. And then I was looking at my lessons kind of today in short of going, and I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, hmm, those men are not going to want to hear this. So the third thing you find out is God the Holy Spirit. Then there's a part of you that says, if you, if you would just let me show you how to do it, I could save you time. You know, men think they're superior house cleaners. But we just give it a surface cleaning. That's what closets are for and underneath beds are for. Get in there, put it in the closet, we look good. It doesn't work that way. So when you're thinking about how do I help the father in the home, then understand God made him, and he made him after the likeness of God. Go to Genesis chapter 1, and, and this likeness is much deeper, and sometimes we don't take into account how are we made after God. So, so how is man made? And again, ladies, you have the three natures in you of God, and I'll go into those next week. But, but this, I'm, I'm thinking about Austin. Austin met me out yonder, and uh, Austin comes up and he, and, he, and he shakes my hand. And when he shakes my hand, he squeezes because he's going to take me down. He didn't realize it, but it hurt tonight. Our young men are growing up, and guess what? They're not understanding their strength. My mama used to call me a bull in a china shop. And I remember one time I broke a plate glass window because I had two bags of groceries. And I'm like 11 years old, Gary, Indiana. And that door's not open. That's what God made those hips for. And I done kicked the door. Nobody's answering. I kicked the door again. Nobody's answering. Bless God, rare that hit back and <laughs> broke that window. They answered after that. You don't, you, they don't understand. So when you say the likeness of, 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 of God, go to Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And I want to point out some likenesses because I'm, I'm coming down to how do, we, how do we aid. So let's understand. So if we're made after the likeness of God. In, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the what, please? Spirit of God moved upon the face of the what? 
So when you understand your husband and you understand the father in the home, listen to this. If it's without void, if it's void and without form, guess who's going to fix it? Your husband, the man. And this is why you need to qualify what you want your husband to do. Now, what I'm about to tell you, I just want you to either listen to me, I want you to fix it, or I just want advice. Because if you tell your husband without qualifying, he's going to go fix it. You see, we're made after this likeness, and most people don't understand what is going on with this guy. Well, what's going on is, is that it is in him to move. This is how God, let's move. I don't want no details of what the picket fence was on the way. What's going on? Let's just move. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I, I am not a good listener when it comes to my wife trying to go, you know, I was on my way home the other day, and, uh, and, I, and I passed that house. You know about that house that I always loved when I was little and just loved that house. And, and I'm like, can we just get down to what you're going to tell me? Men tell it this way. There was a wreck on my way home. Men don't, enough said. The only thing we want to know, anybody I know? Yeah. No, good, I don't care. And, and then you just move on. But once, um, this, is, this is how we're made. We are made, let's move. What's going on? And that's why when you start out with the children, I need to tell you what your son did. We, we go right to the guillotine. Yep, it's in the garage, put his neck in there, and let, we're done. Next. And it's like, no, 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 I don't mean that. You know, when you say, hey, there's something wrong with the pipes, you know what we do? We go to the end of, oh, you serious? How much? No, it's just leaking a little bit. So, so look at, so the Spirit of God moved, and look at this verse three. And God what? Said, let there be light. And there was light. So now we're starting to see this is how man is made. Man is made in this, if we're made in this likeness, then let's move. Let's get this done. And then it's like said, so there's speech here. Look at verse 4, and God what? Saw the light. It's a little bit hot up here for me. If you could just back off these platform monitors. And God what? Saw the light, that it was good, and God did what? Divided. So here is discernment. So a man has built into him discernment. Let's, let's divide this thing. And then if you'll notice in verse number 5, and, and God called the light day and the darkness he called night. Look at the very ending. And the evening and the morning were the what, please? First day. So now he prioritizes. God did not say that the morning and the evening were the first day. Guess what he said? No, 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 the evening and the morning of the first day. Question, does that make sense to you? No, because it's not where we live. And there's a lot of things that men do that don't make sense. That, that does not even make sense. I love it when you wives right now are, are laughing and smirking because you're like, man, I wish my husband wasn't sitting here because I would really have a good chuckle right now. A lot of things men do, it's like, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Well, when you're understanding and aiding the father in the home, you have to understand he's made in the likeness of God. And because we're made this way, we are not God. So please don't think that, I, that there is the divinity here. But understand, when it says that we were made in the likeness, then if you'll go back and study this, look at Genesis 1.27. Because I'm, 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 I'm getting down to the, the aiding. Genesis 1.27. 
Verse 26, we already read it. And God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness, let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. Keep reading. And take in over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. And the image of God created he, him, male and female created. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon... You know what God did? God took this world and he said, run it. Run it. And I think sometimes men, if I could just help you with this, at some point you have to trust your wife to run part of your world. Either you trust or you don't trust. And I think one of the things in marriages and in a family is when there is this distrust that exists, especially if it's coming from the mom concerning the father to the children. Well, you know your father, he never makes any right decisions. Oh, my friend, never say that. Never say that. And no matter how frustrated you are, so, so, so we're understanding here that God had the ability to trust. God gave the tools to obey commands. And God was, if you look at verse 31, and God saw everything that he made, behold, it was what? Very good. So God, this is God. So when God made man in his likeness, God gave man all these things that you find when God created the earth. Now, you take these three natures that God puts in man. Now, if you would, go to verse 26. Let's go back to Genesis 1, 26. We're laying a foundation here. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have what, please? Oh, here becomes the problem. Let them have dominion. Now, let's talk about this. God knew Eve was coming. God created this garden. God put man in the garden because the very next verse in verse 27, so God created man in his own image, and the image of God created he, him. And then look at the punctuation, semicolon, and then he qualifies this creation, male and female. The reason that there is, seems to be a struggle in a home with who's in control. Is, is mama in control? Is dad in control? I mean, I mean, who's really in control? And a lot of times it's, it seems like, why am I fighting? Why am I fighting for my headship? It is because that before sin ever entered in, God said, I'm going to give them dominion. You see, God's original plan was for Adam and Eve to have dominion. But they were going to have dominion without sin, not dominion without free will. And those two things need to be completely separated. See, a lot of people think that, that, that we are just like uh, Calvinism is not a biblical doctrine because there is not the select group of people that have no control. No, neither are we Armenian to where you can will. No, let me tell you something. God gives you free will. God gives you all that you and I need to live. And then you exercise your free will. But here's the problem. This dominion that Adam and Eve were supposed to have in this sin-free world was a beautiful cohabitation. 
She was a helpmeet for him. And a lot of people think, no, you're the man's servant. No. The more you study this, the more you're like, no. There needs to be something that your wife is dominating. There has to be something she has dominion over. And this is where you have to trust her that, hey, I've given you this. I, the only problem here that you're going to find is that before sin, it said that let them have dominion over the what? Fish, fowl, cattle, earth. So let's keep going. Then sin happened. Now here is the problem. Then God prioritized what would happen. But he did not take away creation's command to have dominion. The difference is this, is now everybody has to know their place. And I know that sounds crazy, and that is, that is not a put-down lady statement, uplift man. It just is the truth. Everybody knows, and, and, and my hat's off to single moms. There, there are single moms who listen to us every week. There are single moms in this auditorium. And I'll tell you, would we not all agree that we admire single mothers? Can I get an amen on that one? How do they do it? How in the world do they do it? How do they just get from point A to point B? Sherry, you knew this was coming because I'm looking right at you. But Sherry, you're my sister-in-law, but our hat's off to you. Because you have raised some fine children. Sarah and Paige, and Colt, great kids. And we don't have any idea how you do it. I'll tell you how she does it. Because she's made after the likeness of God. And God said, have dominion. The problem with it is this. Is when sin enters in, and if all of a sudden somebody is a single mother, because somebody decides they don't want to go on this journey, then what is a lady supposed to do? Roll over and play dead? No. Let me tell you something. There are single mothers that do this. Get out of my way. Or I will run you over. I will make this statement. I believe this. The average man could not be a single mother. One, there's a gender issue there. Two, uh-uh, no, 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 we don't have the patience. But those single mothers, but, but this is where they get that, 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 I call it moxie. This is where they get that reach down on the inside and get out of my way because I'm going to get this done. And a lot of times we think, oh, my wife couldn't make it without me. She makes it without us when we go to work. We don't know half of what goes on. And praise God for that. But when, when, when sin entered, look at Genesis 3, 16, because I, I want to move on here. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, under the woman, now this is after sin, under the woman, he said, now remember, they've been given dominion, but now we have sin mixed in here, and this is where we're going to, to start understanding this. That under the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception, and sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall what, please? Rule. So now, gentlemen, you are going to rule over a woman that God said she still has that dominion part of her that she needs to 
dominate something. And sometimes we think, no, 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 you're, you're, you're just that lowly female. You just rest right down there. That is such an anti-God statement. Because we need our wives. We need... And, and so what happens here is, is now the woman still has this, this command from God that have dominion. But now you mix in this multiplied sorrow. Look what it says in verse 16. Multiplied conception. So he said, I'm greatly going to multiply thy sorrow. I'm greatly going to multiply thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thy, look at this, thy what please? Desire shall be to thy husband. Look at the last phrase. And he shall rule over you. What that means is, is God just said, okay, because of sin, I'm going to have to give a pecking order. And so he comes to the wife first, which he always does. In the word of God, he's always coming to the wife first, the woman first, and saying this, because of sin. And when y'all get to heaven, you can slap Eve. When, because of sin, then guess what? These things are going to happen to you. And that's why God always comes to the lady and says this, hey, wives, you need to submit. You need to submit. Let me pause right here and tell you this. This one verse sheds a lot of light on how does, two things I would like to say at this point, and they are on purpose right now. How does a wife stay with a husband who's abusive? Because it's a curse. It's a curse. Because in her mind, it's like, no, 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 no. Why do I stay? Because part of it is your desire shall be to your husband and he shall rule. And part of the family dynamics that you have to understand is this. Sometimes a wife thinks it's better for me to stay in an abusive situation and know who my ruler is than it is to get out and don't know who my ruler is. Now, I never advise anybody to stay in an abusive situation. My, my number one counsel is this. If a man ever hits you, woman, Ladies, if a man ever hit you, pick up the phone, dial 911, and throw him in jail. Amen, amen, amen. And if any man's listening to me and you like to hit up on your woman, call 911, lady, and put him in jail. Do not bail him out. Let him sit till the judge determines if he's fit to get out. Oh, that'll win you brownie points on the political trail. Mm, I feel like I need to circle back around, but I'll move on. Look at Genesis 3, 17. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree which I commanded thee, saying, Now I want you to notice this. Thou shalt not eat of it. Look at it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Look at 13. I mean, verse 18. Thorns and also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Literally what it means is to get to the herb, you're going to get cut up a lot. You're going to have to go through the thorns and the thistles to get to what you need to eat. Can I ask you something? No man Is, is any man happy when he has to go through thorns and thistles to get something to eat? No. So keep reading here. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground 
For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and dust thou shalt return. So look what happened. Sin, that got two people here that have our dominion oriented, and now sin happens, and God goes, now, now wives, listen to this, women, because Eve blew it, then your sorrow and your conception be greatly multiplied. You'll bring forth children, and by the way, you'll desire your husband, and you'll desire him to rule over you, no matter how strong you are. There'll be something down deep inside that says this. I need my husband to take the lead. He said, but men know this, that for you to have dominion, you're going to have to fight. Your ground is cursed. You'll have sorrow. You'll have thorns and thistles to get to the herbs. You'll sweat by your, your face. And this is how you're going to live. I want you, I want you to... Listen to this statement as we come to the end. The problem with the father in the house is that he has to learn not to bring the fight to survive at home. This is the epiphany. And if I would have gave this first, we could have went to Starbucks. So understand, the husband's out all day fighting through the thorns fighting through the thistles, fighting, sweating. But when he comes home, he brings the same attitude of fight to the house. Because here he is fighting all day in public to get something done. So in his mind, he thinks he's in fight mode. But what most men don't understand, and I don't even get it, from the wife to the husband, there is already a built-in desire to be ruled. You see, this wife is not at home saying, conquer me. This wife is at home saying, I love you. And the reason that, that why, can I just get now, now, can I get a little bit bottom shelf, can I get a little bit, the reason women can throw plates like nobody. They need to go to NASA. Phew! Or they need, they're ninjas. And, and, and all of us have been there when we have seen a lady like absolutely lose it. Let me tell you something. Back in the 80s, I had, used to have coffee cups in my office. I took them out. <laughs> the, my old desk had a dent right there in the front. You ever seen a mama so mad? That she takes a coffee cup, swing them, and, 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 and I'm sitting, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't even know what's going on right now. And I'll tell you why. It's because the, 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 this dominion is still in them. But I think the hard thing I have to learn is that I may have to fight out here, but, but my wife's at home that God said, you still are to have dominion, but I'm... That's your husband, and there's a desire for him to rule. And because of that, go to Genesis chapter, go, go to Colossians chapter 3. And now I want you to know how we can aid. Go to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 18. This is why that God comes to and and the musicians, I'm going to let you make your way up. This is why God comes to, always comes to the wife first. Because what God is trying to help us understand, and men, you don't get a free pass on this, because all of us men need to drop, drop it. 
When you leave work, you don't have to fight when you get home. And the only reason to fight is because I'm afraid that's how we leave our wives when we go to work. Boy, I'm going to raise both hands right now because I'm, I'm still, we'll be married 34 years this coming Saturday. It's our anniversary. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's, it's just, you're learning this. So, so look at Colossians 3.18. Wives, do what, please? Submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Would you please look at that last phrase? As it is what? Fit in the Lord. A lot of people think, oh, no, 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 it's got to be according to Bible. No. This is how God meant for this to fit. You know how it's supposed to fit? You're going to be screaming when you have children. You know how this is to fit? Your desire is naturally going to be to your husband. The second thing I wanted to say back yonder that I'm going to pull out now is this is why when girls are molested and they're victimized, and, I can, and I'm going to kind of delve in here for, because our young ones are not here. This is why they don't even understand. How did I react this way? Because somebody took advantage of this curse that's in them that, that, that God said, your desire is going to be to your husband and you'll want him to rule over you. So this is why we must make sure that the young ladies are never put in a position to where they, they are woke up in an area. This is for your husband. This is for the home. This is the right time at the right place. And this is why very much so protect your children. But, but now we come to Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. Look at wives, what please? Submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it fits in the Lord. Husbands, what? Okay, look at this. And be not what? Oh, my goodness. Would you look at that? Do you know what the word bitter means there? It literally means to be harsh with. It means to embitter. It means to take their world and be bitter or be harsh against them. It means to take something sweet and put in them something that makes them bitter. It doesn't mean I'm mad at you. And this is why back here in the garden, when you are working hard and you have to fight everybody, you have to, you have to put up with junk all over the place. When you come home, she's not there because she has to be there. She's there because she wants to be there. But if you come in with the worker mentality that I'm going to have to explain myself, prove myself, and I'm just going to tell you right now, I've been putting up with dummies all day long, and I've been putting up with people that don't know what they're talking about, and you better not give me lip woman, just give me some food on the table. Let me tell you something. There's that part of her that she's going to take dominion. And can I tell you something? Guess which one of you are sleeping on the couch tonight? It's the husband. And then that Jesus Christ in you, that, that part of that nature is going to come out. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to. But you done got her so riled up, she's not letting you. She's going to put you on the cross. and She's going to crucify you. And maybe she'll resurrect you after three days. Have you ever noticed the average length of all fights last three days? Okay, and uh, so, so husbands love your wives. Look at it. You, so if you're aiding the man in your house, then ladies, I can tell you this, that this, this principle, right? So, well, what if my husband's still out of control? I'm glad you asked that, because if you didn't ask that, I couldn't go to the verse. Go to 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm just giving you what the Bible says. And men, 
I'm going to make a statement that I don't like to make. Whatever our wives are right now, we've made them over the past six months. Okay, I'll move on. First Peter. First Peter, if you will. First Peter chapter 3. Likewise, you wives, be in, be in what, please? Subjection. First Peter 3, 1. To your own husbands, that if any obey not the what? They may also without the be won by the what? Conversation of the wife. Why they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. It doesn't mean being afraid. But what it does mean is, regardless of what he says, smile. My mother, good morning. It's a wonderful day. I know. You need to, well, let me tell you something. There is something wonderful, and that was my father talking. <laughs> okay. um, so, so look what it says in verse 20. Children, do what? Obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing. Go to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 22. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 22. Because the first through sixth grade, getting ready to run you guys over. And uh, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. Look at verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. He's the Savior of the what? Look at verse 24. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. If you want to be a better husband and a better father in the home, go back and study how Christ walked among men. Make a study of Jesus Christ. And then if you would go to Ephesians, well, let's, when that thing hits zero, that means everybody else is on the same time. I still got five minutes. So let me make this statement. When we understand the father, then we understand that when the wife, please listen to the statement, submits and the children obey and honor, it allows the father to work in a pre-sin atmosphere because he will calm down he will calm down if he loves god at all then when there is this no 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 i am going to be who i need to be then this father knows i don't have to fight for this i don't have to fight there doesn't have to be this fight there needs to be this working together that you understand look I'm here because I love you. I desire you. I want you to be my leader, but you don't have to fight me to follow. I'm not, I'm, do that with the ground. The ground does that to you. I don't. And then dads, if you could go to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 4. Oh, good move, guys. I'm telling you. And by the way, they're giving away children tonight. They're free. And uh, so look at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. And I want to end with this. So we know that men, you can, you can take your, your, your ground fighting out on your home. No need to. No need to. She's there because she loves you. And ladies, the more you submit inside of that, your first reaction, if he left grumpy, don't let your first reaction be grumpy when he comes home. Just be excited to see him. But look at Ephesians 6, 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Now, there is a command to fathers that you are to love your wives. 
Fathers, listen to this. Nobody gets a free pass on not loving your wife. If you're wrong, you're wrong. But then it says to the children that you are not to provoke your children to wrath. Go to Colossians 3.21. It says it's the same thing, but then it also throws in a reason why. Colossians chapter 3, verse 21. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger. So, so Ephesians 6, 4 and Colossians 3, 21 both say the same thing. And you fathers provoke not your children to wrath. I'm going to explain this in the next two minutes. And then Colossians 3, 21, fathers provoke not your children to anger. The first provoking in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 4 is to exasperate a situation. In other words, you take a situation and you are always wanting to see how much you can squeeze out of the situation. In other words, when we think we haven't gotten our point across, guess what we keep doing? We keep talking. We can wear our children out. And as your children get older, these children that sit on the front row of the the balcony, let me tell you something. We are not, I am not as a father, if I was the father, I am not to provoke them to wrath. I am not to take a situation and exasperate it to the point and just get as much as I can to prove a point. If this is, if this is correct, 12 o'clock straight up is correct. I got to remember which way I'm, I'm, okay, and this is not correct, then I am just simply to correct it. But the more I keep talking and the more I want to prove a point, it does this. This is provoking. This five degrees is provoking. And that's why you have to be able, a child is known by their doings. But you know what we want to know? What's in your heart? Child's known by their doings. And that's why I said don't provoke your children to wrath. Take care of the situation. Because as a fool returns to the folly, so... As a dog returns to the vomit, so what does a fool do? A fool returns to their... And you want to know, because if they didn't get the correction, and they're still foolish, they'll do it again. And then in Colossians chapter 3, verse 21, so one is an action. Number two, look at Colossians 3, 21, you're there. And fathers, provoke not your children to anger. This provoking is the atmosphere. In other words, what you're doing is you're leading them into an atmosphere to where look at the result, lest they be what? Discouraged. You know what that means? Spiritless. And all of a sudden, you have drained their spirit from them. You, we have taken this spirit in this home. The, the spirit of a child is just, is, is, is vibrant. Is just, I, I, sometimes they got ants in their pants. Sometimes they're like Jordan when he was little. He's Tigger. He's going all over the place. That's an animal in Job. And, and so going all over the place. And, and I knew I was going too far when all of a sudden I took the spirit out of him. Now he had no more spirit. No more spirit. Listen, the, be- the best thing I could get across to you is this. Moms, you're going to find out the more that we aid dad to where we let him know this is your castle, this is your home, you don't have to fight. I'm not your enemy. The more that's going to trickle down to the children... And the children will know, I'm in a safe zone here. Dads, don't conduct business at home like you do at the office or you do at the shop or you do out out and about. When you come home, understand this. God has built into that lady a desire. God has built into that lady a want for you to rule. 
And honestly, if, if these two can work together, then what's going to happen is this won't turn into provoking the children to wrath. Wives, we're going to talk about it next week in, in understanding and aiding you inside the home. Thank you for being with us during this service. My prayer is always, as I study, that God would use His Word to speak to people's hearts. And may you have a good day, a good week. Please know that if we can do anything for you here at Emmanuel, all you have to do is let me know. God bless you, my friend. Have a wonderful day.